1: The following is a presentation of the Bellip Sports Media Network.
3: This is the main event.
4: This is your main event. Mark's podcast. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, cat dad, and the quintessential stud muffin. I am Troy. and with me, as always, is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He's the ECW Encyclopedia of Classic Wrestling and the Hollywood Nova to my big Stevie Cool. What's up, brother? It's Greg.
2: I use the Simon system.
4: Oh yeah, you got you. You order a big helping of your Simon shakes. Uh, no. Did, I, I think I told you this I have a Simon Dean toy a, a Jack's toy Why Why not Greg he came with the Simon shakes and a cooler I think he came with a cooler it, he came with the shakes I know that It's it, it's it's the one in his blue you know so the original I I I had to get the I had to get the classics man
2: <laughs> Man
4: Okay uh, I I also have a Steven Richards toy not a Stevie Steven Got that I actually, got that back when RTC was still a thing. So it was, uh, so yes, to answer your question, I've always gotten the top top guys. My figures, clearly, yeah. <sighs> anyway, uh, Stevie Richards is on the show, by the way, that we're about to be talking about. And for once, we're talking about ECW, and I don't want to bash my brains in. So,
2: kind of rare when that happens.
4: I know it's it's kind of weird. Uh, we've, I don't think we've ever talked about an ECW show before where I was like kind of excited to talk about it and not in a sick, sadistic kind of, uh, weird way. Like, oh man, this show sucked. I can't wait to talk to Greg about it. Uh, but no, this one was really good. So, you know, I think that calls for the official, uh, in celebration. Cause like I said, I don't think it's ever it will never
2: before. happen again.
4: Uh, most likely not. This may, I haven't watched a ton of ECW, admittedly. I've watched a handful of it for the show. But this is the best ECW show I've ever seen. And it's not even close, really. So,
2: some well, of that stuff... i on the ground. It's such in hell, so... <laughs>
4: yeah, right. Uh, I mean, the stuff in, like, the later years, like uh, towards the end of 99 and in 2000, I, it was okay. Uh, I didn't... I some moments... Yeah, if I had to watch some ECW, uh, most of the time that would be it. Uh, and oddly enough, that's when WCW was really in the toilet. <laughs> and ECW was like kind of watchable. So weird, man. Uh, our our friend Kyle over at the Apron Bump just actually reviewed an ECW show. Uh, I think it was from 96. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, I, I haven't I heard mean, it the show, the, His episode was, I don't remember the show. Yeah, right. I, I will say this. I've never seen that show that he reviewed, um, but he, it was from 96. And he said that 90, he compared 96 ECW to 2000 WCW. So I'm like, that bad, eh? <laughs> I mean, you and I have watched some like 95, 96 ECW where we're like, dude, this barely qualifies as a wrestling show. Like, what is going on? So I don't you know.
2: Remember that, that was... scene in uh, Return of the Jedi? he's like, Luke, like we're together again, huh? We miss it. How are we doing? Same as always. That bad, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think about ECW. Same as yeah. always. That bad, huh?
4: Yeah, right. Yeah, ECW is uh, a different animal, man. It's uh, the land of extreme. And uh, I- I've always held up Lawler's Insult as the real name of it. Extremely Crappy Wrestling. <laughs> but you'll occasionally get some gems here. Uh, like, this I'll was, be yeah, damned.
2: This is as close to a gym as you can get.
4: Right, and and you know, I'll be damned. I know I'm less hard on this guy than you are, but Sabu was actually in a really good match on this card. I mean, I'm not going to no, attribute that. Taz was in a great match. Well, Sabu was in it. I was going to say I'm not going to attribute it all to Sabu, but he was in it. <laughs> so I don't know. It was uh, it was really good. Uh, most of this card was either good to great. You know, it was. uh we'll get into all that there is plenty of news to get to, uh, which we'll touch on here after this first break. Real quick, though, I do want to let you know about our new sponsor of the podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Mahler Bros Golf. We all want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Mahler Bros Golf has polos that look good and feel good. With their lightweight and stretchy material that hugs your body, you will feel cool while looking just as cool. Their polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day on the golf course, there's no polo that you would rather wear than Muller Bros Golf Signature Polos. Muller Bros Golf has a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud design and others for those who want a subtle and sleek-looking design. They also have fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience better, Use code BELLYUP at MullerBros.com for 15% off. Muller Bros doesn't just have polos, by the way. They have really fun golf t-shirts that you can wear anywhere. Maybe like that barbecue that your family invited you to, or even that get-together with your friends. Maybe a night out on the town if you want to have fun while looking good and also impressing the local ladies. Make sure to let them know where you got that shirt and wear it proudly Don't wait to try out your new favorite golf apparel. Upgrade your golf attire with Mahler Bros. Get 15% off at MahlerBros.com with code BELLYUP. That's 15% off at M-A-H-L-E-R-Bros.com with code BELLYUP. Turn heads on the golf course or wherever you wear Mahler Bros. polos. Mahler Bros. golf. Look good. Feel good. Feel good. Play good. But now we're going to get into our first break here where we're going to tell you about our great merchandise, uh, not to sound biased or anything, but you can go check that out over on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. We'll give you the links in this first break. Also, uh, we'll be telling you about some of our favorite podcasts and all of our breaks all along this uh, the show here. So go check them out as well. And we don't have you know problems the for them.
2: Go down the Puckberg, and jerk the curtain, take the apron bump. Boom.
4: Well, we don't have promos for these two. So, yeah, like you mentioned, the one uh, definitely go check out Curtin uh, Jurgen from Good Friend of the Show. He's uh, been a guest co-host a couple of times. Jacob Grandi, you can check him out on our YouTube channel, which I would prefer you go uh, subscribe to that because we have a ton of stuff on there. I'm always working to put new content up there. And the other one is uh, Rasslin Addicts, a good guy trying to get him on the show sometime. Uh, they they cover more current stuff and I'll tell you what man they live full busy fulfilled lives and watch a ton of wrestling on top of that good for them it's like it's good stuff and they give you they give you the the good the bad and the indifferent on all the current wrestling so go check that out while we're evergreen and we cover the retro stuff as does Apron Bump they got they got the goods on uh, on all things current around uh, literally around the world with wrestling so. But we'll get into our first break. When we come back, it's News and Notes. Follow the Main Event
0: Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector.
4: Get ready to rumble Redbubble.com and Bonfire.com/store/MainEventMarks.
1: By God, somebody's interrupting the main event, Marks! Sit down, Jr. It's just me, Kyle Sullivan, aka Shaggy Von Doom, your host of Here in Puckburg on the Hockey Podcast Network. I know, a hockey show on Main Event Marks. Who would have thought? This is an invasion angle. Somewhere between the Nexus, and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. But, I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg, he told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckberg, wherever you get your podcasts, or on YouTube. In the meantime, Shagamania's gotta go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, Nevermore." Take your vitamins, say your prayers, and Oh yeah! The Main Event
4: Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back! We're back! The Main Event Marks is sponsored by Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy is a healthier alternative to traditional energy drinks. It gives the energy that gamers need while in a long session without skimping on their health. Their products come in a powder form to mix into your water. You can either choose the green apple or watermelon boxes. If you want to try both, you can get the sample kit. Use our link in the podcast description or simply go to shockedenergy.com. At checkout, use our promo code main Event. That's all one word to save 10% off your order. That's promo code main Event to save 10% at checkout. Also, if you're tuning into a wrestling podcast to hear about wrestling and you want it gimmick and politic free, you probably want the same out of your products are you ready to ditch the gimmick coffee coffee brand coffee is fresh roasted to order using only the highest quality coffee sourced direct from farms around the world they've got bagged coffee as well as k-cups not into coffee well they've got great teas and cocos as well at coffee brand coffee their head coffee roasters have mastered the art of unlocking flavors hidden inside their beans each batch is custom crafted and curated to accompany unique flavor profiles Click on the link in the podcast description or go to CoffeeBrandCoffee.com and use our special promo code MAINEVENT, all one word, at checkout to get 5% off your order. That's CoffeeBrandCoffee.com and use the promo code MAINEVENT to save 5% at checkout. News and notes time. I don't have anything to pop this
2: week. I'm just drinking a bottle of water.
4: That's ah, all right. We, uh, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure the listeners will, uh, will forgive you for that. Uh, I won't, but, but they will. Either way. But since we're getting into the news and notes, we gotta hit the That is correct. Whoa!
3: Shut the fuck up, Dave. Everything
1: that guy just says bullshit.
4: <laughs> there you go. I mean that is true. Every word of it, but uh, but since we are getting into the news I, I figured we'd start with ECW this week because I mean it's since this is their first pay-per-view ever. Uh, The big stuff is actually coming from ECW this week, so I think think that means we have to hit your favorite. This week in ECW. If I may have another volley, sir. All right. Well, ECW will hold its first ever pay-per-view this week. It's been the most discussed pay-per-view of the year within the whole industry, and it's more important to the future. I call
2: BS on that.
4: Uh yeah, I mean
2: everybody's talking about illegal really legal.
4: Yeah, and all 100,000 people who know that ECW exists. <laughs> uh <laughs> but anyway, uh it's more important to the future of ECW than any show they've ever held. Uh, I will agree with that. Uh as for whether they will go over the line, Uncle Dave says no chance. They uh, they nearly lost their chance on pay-per-view because of a series of incidents that went way too far. Yeah, see our previous episodes whenever we discuss ECW in the past.
2: See the New uh, Jack uh, Dark Side of the Ring.
4: Yeah, that too. Well, uh, Uncle Dave actually makes mention of that because he says that there will there will be blood and swearing, but they aren't going to set the building on fire or slice open underage kids.
3: Uh, oh darn!
4: Yeah, oh. Uh, so I'm like, wa- what's the point? Yeah, what am I paying for then? God. Uh, But this pay-per-view is basically a test, and if it does well, it will lead to more pay-per-views in the future, and ECW won't risk doing anything to sacrifice that possibility. Yeah, for ECW, they kept this fairly tame, which uh, is not a bad thing.
2: Why do you think we both said it's been watchable?
4: Yeah, I know, right? It's like, do you think that corresponds? Like, uh, we said this is maybe the best ECW show we've ever seen, and they kept it a lot more tame. But, I mean, it was still ecw but not quite as ECW as you usually. For me,
2: do. I look at it as the difference between John Moxley and Dean Ambrose.
4: Yeah. 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 Uh, John Moxley has to bleed in every single match, no matter what. Even house shows that no one will see. That I don't <laughs> fucking get. Like, dude, like, dude your, he- your forehead is going to be disgusting in about two years.
2: Yeah, Abdullah Butcher's going to tell you, dude, calm down.
4: Yeah, I know. It's like, just talk to Devon Dudley, even. Like, his forehead's all carved up. Like, ugh. But it's pretty much expected now that Rob Van Dam will be leaving for WCW in June, with many uh, ECW fans chanting, "You sold out, uh, RVD going to WCW." There it is. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't
2: uh, even go to the WWE until it closes. <laughs> yeah, right. Plus you there's count also- the cameos on Raw and stuff like that, but
4: right. There's also concern that Sabu will leave, but his track record of no-shows and incidents in the last year or so has killed a lot of interest in him from other promotions. Uh, Gee, you think?
2: Uh, Did he already come back from WCW?
4: He did. Yeah, they fired him through the hotline. (laughs) Uh, Which I'll admit is pretty dirty. But uh, at the same time, like, yeah, this dude frequently no-shows events and lies to promoters. Yeah, I'm sure everybody's champing at the bit to get a hold of him. Uh, but there's also been interest in guys like Raven and Stevie Richards, but nothing major. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
2: they will be leaving us.
4: <laughs> yeah, both of them. Uh,
2: really, as for the, Raven and Dancing Stevie Richards.
4: Right. As for the other main core guys, Taz, Tommy Dreamer, the Dudleys, the Eliminators, Sandman, the Gangstas, Shane Douglas, etc. There's not really a lot of interest in any of them from other promotions Gee, for various before reasons.
2: Before you see closes, they all leave at some point
4: uh dreamer didn't but uh and cronus it. didn't yeah half of the eliminators left uh i don't know the gangsters i just think we're in and out of jail um i'm not being funny by the way like i'm serious like we had we did one show not too long ago where uh Mustafa was the mysterious benefactor of the dudleys and i think he just got out of jail uh taz did leave as you mentioned the dudleys obviously left half of the eliminators saturn uh left same man left for a minute And Douglas left a couple of times. So there's that. But uh,
2: Shane Douglas is a uh, under-the-radar wrestling whore, if you think about it. (laughs)
4: Everybody talks about
2: Foley and Jake the Snake, man. Shane Douglas is right there on that list with them.
4: Yeah, right. I like how, by the way, there's a promo that... Oh, for sure, nowadays. There's a promo that uh, Shane Douglas cuts on this very show where he says something about... Uh, ever since I got back from Cartoon Land, talk about WWF, it's like in '97 they were uh, they were pretty. Yes, nice that uh, checked though, didn't he? Yeah, right. Like in '90 90, in '97 they were kind of out of the cartoon era, whatever. They were full on with Vince. Well, Rizzo he was there in at that 90, point.
2: '90, late '95, early '96. I right.
4: Yeah, I mean, to his point, yeah, he was he was there when it was more cartoony. Uh, but man, his failure kind of from reports of everybody, it kind of fell on him. I mean, yeah, the gimmick was dumb, obviously, but I'm sure if he wasn't the way he was, according to other people, he probably would have got a, at least a halfway decent push. But, I don't know, they said he was kind of lazy, he, didn't wanna, he acted like he didn't want to be there, he, he whined and cried about injuries all the time. And
2: Well, the fact that he left all three major, major organizations around this time, within this decade right here, is telling to me. Yeah. Well, and and he was then, in all three, so right, you can't you think consistently
4: about somewhere? well, and I like I like Shane Douglas. I'm a, an unapologetic fan of his. However, however, I mean, you hear all those stories about how he wasn't the WWF and then supposedly the radicals were on board with you know him going with them to WWF. And then when they went to actually do the interview, they ghosted him. So, I mean, that should tell you something like, maybe he's just uh, hard to work with? I don't know, man. I think the same thing applies to Miro nowadays, too. I don't get the Miro situation. I like, yeah, stuff he puts online kind of makes you wonder. But at the same time, it's like, dude, he was getting over. It's like, was he that big of a backstage distraction where Tony Khan's like, oh, no, we're going to let you sit at home forever. Even though you you were getting over and people liked you. No, 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 just sit at home. Like, (laughs) eh. That just reeks of Tony Khan doesn't know what the f he's doing yet again. Uh, but no, I think he's what three time, uh, th- th- three years running Booker of the Year or some crap like that.
2: Yeah, the nephew said.
4: Yeah. Oh, well, God, if if that's the case, uh, I well, I think it's uh, it's pertinent to play this now. Shut the f- up, Dave.
2: Uh, yeah.
4: I think that, that plays Yeah. Uh, but anyway, stick it with. Uh, Douglas being hard to work with and somebody else. Uh, Sandman and Shane Douglas nearly got into a backstage fight at ECW this week. Stop me if you've heard this one before.
2: Well, let's see. Okay. Was Sandman drunk in this? Because I'm trying to pick a side here.
4: Uh, did the the did the did day end in the letter Y? Probably, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there you go.
2: So I'm taking Shane Douglas in this one.
4: Yeah. Well, Uncle Dave had has heard a million different versions of the story, but in short, Shane Douglas wanted Brian Lee fired for some reason. Sandman reportedly told him about it. Yeah. Uh, Too soon. God. Samiann reportedly told Lee about it, which led to Douglas calling Samiann a stooge, and they had words, and he had, and they had to be pulled apart. Then, oh my God, Brian,
2: you never believe what Shane said about you.
4: (laughs) Yeah, right. Like, uh, like really, man's going around spreading stuff backstage. Hey, guess what Shane Douglas said about you, buddy? Good God.
2: Uh, WCW, dude. There's a lot
4: of stuff being spread backstage. Good Lord. Oh, well, Missy Hyatt's not there yet, but either way, I'm sure she was at some point already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She was in. She was there for the old in and out, if you know what I mean. I don't know, I spread anything because <laughs> only she only allegedly
2: did stuff like that. Roll it. Allegedly.
3: <laughs> there you go.
4: Anyway, uh, then a few nights later, they were doing an angle in the ring where Douglas used Sandman's cane on someone. Sandman felt that it was infringing on his gimmick, and they started to fight again. Holy shit. Paul Heyman spoke to both of them separately and then they er, and then got them in a room together. And the three of them talked it out for a bit for a long time. And they got a Uh, hug. And eventually the situation was settled. Good God. Someone used the Singapore cane in ECW. How dare they?
2: You might want to turn on pro wrestling nowadays. Yeah. No matter the channel, no matter the brand, everybody's using Singapore cane, dude.
4: Yep. Well, and on top of that, uh... Like, this is just, like, an ongoing thing for Sandman, isn't it? Because I remember him whining and crying that Austin stole his gimmick because, oh, he drank beer. Oh, no. Apparently, Sandman's the only one that can drink beer in the ring. Like, well, you know... Yeah, Austin, well,
2: how many uh, shirts did Sandman sell?
4: On top of that, uh, Austin bashed the cans together, not against his effing head until he bled.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh.
2: Sandman did and have he, a cooler song, though. Yeah, to give him
4: that. Yeah. But speaking of the Sandman, he and Balls Mahoney did an angle where Balls challenged anyone who could go blow for blow with him on chair shots.
2: As uh, I call him Sandy Balls.
4: <laughs> good God. Uh, Sandman eventually answered the challenge, and the two men took turns trading hard chair shots to each other's heads. The idea was to build up Balls as a guy who was willing to take crazy chair shots to the skull thus earning Sandman's respect, and they will eventually form a tag team. Sandy Balls! <laughs> yeah. uh, and that, folks, is how you get CTE.
2: Okay, I got one better. How about Man Balls?
4: Good God, yeah. Sa- <laughs> sandy Man Balls.
2: Yeah, that would have been a team. How much fun would we have uh, talking about them?
4: Yeah. <sighs> man. Well, well, no
2: disrespect to the dead, but man. Malls morning is garbage.
4: Where's where's our manscaped sponsorship? Come on, we're just this this segment is begging for it. <laughs> but yeah, like what the f- yeah? Let's let's throw two guys out there and just beat each other's brains in literally with a freaking chair because you know that's smart and people. I don't want people to give me this whole, well, we didn't know all about the CTE back in 97. But you should have still known hitting each other repeatedly as hard as you can in the skull with a freaking aluminum chair is not smart.
2: Well, I got news for you. God gave you a skull, not a freaking metal plate in your head.
4: Yeah, it's not a helmet. Oh, my gosh.
2: You know, if you go back and watch that um, that, that was well, that, uh, Brawl for all episode with Vince Russo on Dark Side of the Ring, yeah. He does show remorse for that because of the CT. So that's stupid. Funny. He said, Yeah, he's like, I hate seeing that. He goes, Now, knowing we know about CT nowadays.
4: I wouldn't want anyone to get hit like that. Like, well, so uh, like, And the thing is, that's safer than boxing because like, they had like bigger, more padded gloves. Yeah, it, right. was still, it was still rough. <sighs> but back to Brian that's, Lee.
2: This, this is right up there with that slap fight crap. Oh, God. Like, I threw yeah, off TV, like, I got thrown off TV, by the way.
4: Oh, well, who could have foreseen? <laughs> I see people promoting that, especially, like, look, I like Rumble, okay? I think if anybody, it's not going to compete with YouTube. YouTube's just got too much of a head start and everything. But if anybody's going to be, like, a second tier to YouTube, whatever, Rumble is right up there. I, I like, have alternatives. However, like, just because you support Rumble doesn't mean you have to be like, yeah, everything they have on there is great. Like, they got Slap Fight, dude. Like,
2: That alone tells me not to use that service, so
4: that's me. Yeah, but either way, back to Brian Lee. Uh, He suffered a hairline fracture of his C5 and C6 vertebrae in his neck during a match with Terry Funk. He worked the next night against Stevie Richards, but it was only a 15-second match. Lee is expected to see a doctor this week. This was actually it for him in ECW. He never wrestled here again. Man, what a loss. loss. (laughs) He turned up two months later in the WWF. So he did trade up.
2: This was Chains, right?
4: Yeah. Uh, to people that don't know what he's talking about, obviously you didn't watch Attitude Era, Chains from the Disciples of Apocalypse, DOA, Biker Crew, whatever. Yeah. And he was the fake Undertaker in 1994, or Ted DiBiase's Undertaker, or whatever you want to say. Which,
2: ironically, I'm not even trying to be funny. It was probably the biggest thing he's ever done.
4: Yeah, right. Because he he somewhat resembled Mark Calloway. So, hey, what if we had two Undertakers? I will say this, as a kid, I freaking loved that. Oh, God, yeah, I ate it up. Yeah, I...
2: I thought that match at SummerSlam was amazing. Looking back, like, man, this was garbage.
4: (laughs) It wasn't good. Well, I like how the Undertaker tries to, like, uh, make up for it. He's like, well, we were supposed to go longer, but brett and owen went over their time it's like you mean this was supposed to go longer than this
2: you mean the classic cage match went too long and this crap went too short
4: yeah, what like, am i am sorry. Yeah, i was <laughs> like i'm sorry but adding 10 more minutes on it because he they were like well brett and Owen went 10 minutes long which i will admit it's pretty effed up and i guess the undertaker got really pissed at him about it however uh using that again like oh, adding 10 more minutes to that taker versus taker match would not have made it better i would take five minutes off Right, it's like if anything, I think it would have made it worse. God, man. Yeah, I remember. What was kid,
2: doing that back then? Say what? What was WWE doing that back then, especially that year? WrestleMania ten had the same problem with the ladder match.
4: Yeah, I I don't know, man. Like there were certain people that were just like, ah, we're not, you know, we're not going to take our time cues, whatever. Uh, they did say they're like in in certain cases, like you know. Uh, Sean and Brett knew they could get away with it because they're like, well, if we're putting on a banger, you know, we're not going to get chewed out that bad, you know, if we go over time. So, those two
2: ever put on bangers?
4: Yeah, never. <laughs> well,
2: according but, to Jake the Snake, they sucked. That's a real what? quote, by the way. He said that Brett okay, and Sean maybe, maybe he didn't say suck, but I think he said something about they weren't worthy of being champion or something like that.
4: Oh, God. Yeah. Well, Jake also said that when he first came back to the WWF, he was Hogan's size. Like,
2: uh, well, he probably okay. was. He's uh,
4: not muscle. Oh, no. He claimed he was just as jacked as Hogan and just as tan and everything. I was like, in what effing world, Jake? We saw you.
2: Like, he was pacing have- as hell and like a, had like a dad bod. Yeah,
3: I was
4: like, dude, we effing saw you, man. We have eyes. Like, what the. F- At no point in your career, like, maybe height wise, he was close. Uh, muscle wise, hell no. Like,. <sighs> Whatever. It's illusional Yeah, I know. I hate. I, to say still, this, but I think the drugs I, have yeah. affected him.
2: I don't think you need to hate saying that's a fact, dude. I still, like, yeah, love him. Though when I was a kid, he's one of my favorites, so I don't want that to change my opinion on the wrestling oh, yeah. and the man is some problem.
4: Yeah. Oh, when they first started coming out with the classic, uh, uh, the classic wrestling figures for for Jacks back in the day, he was the, like the first one I bought. I was so excited to get a yeah, Snake figure.
2: He was the man, dude.
4: Yeah. Um.
2: I'll make that yeah, clear. The, people thinking, Oh, I'm crapping on him because the man, there's something wrong with him.
4: Right. Yeah. Uh, well the one last thing on the taker versus taker thing, talk about when we were kids. Oh, I yeah. remember I was, uh, <laughs> I remember I was, I was hanging out with a friend of mine. Uh, you know, when I, we were both super into wrestling in elementary school, whatever. And, uh, we went to the, the video store to rent, you know, we, we, we both picked out a, a wrestling tape to, to watch. I know I'm going super old. Everybody's got to Google this stuff but uh i can't remember what he picked out but i was like this one is undertaker versus undertaker that there's two (laughs) undertakers i gotta watch this if
2: i didn't know any better in hindsight i would swear that was Kane. (laughs)
4: dude people told me for years like before you could like easily look stuff up on the internet like oh that was Kane." before you and i'm like
2: yeah i would have bought that if i didn't know any better i totally would have bought that
4: i i did for a bit until i was looking and i'm like uh like because my dad was one of them that said i was like the fake Undertaker had tattoos. Kane does not. And he's like, oh, well, still. He, he's like, well, they could have covered it up. I'm like, what? Okay. But yeah, I mean, other than that, body, yeah, you could buy it. When I, I will say this. When I found out it was Chains, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I don't think I found out who it was until, like,
2: when I say recently, I mean, like, in the past, like, 10 years or so.
4: Yeah, I found out, I found out a while ago, but I was just like,
2: huh? Like and for uh, the longest time, I thought Chains was that guy nine one one.
4: Oh God, yeah, it did. I really, yeah. I really did. I mean, yeah. the outfit definitely fit, but the thing is, I think Chains could wrestle. <laughs> Look, I don't know if nine one one is dead. I just, I, I, I don't I know. Think he,
2: not... I think he is actually.
4: Well, that don't mean I, you
2: can't criticize I, the right. wrestling. Entire people that have that attitude. Well, if you criticize de- uh, their skill, you're crapping on the dead. Like, no, you're not.
4: Yeah, and you're an idiot for saying that. Like We can say somebody was not good at their job without saying they were a crappy... We say that about El Gigante slash Jen Gonzalez all the time.
2: Right. Once a podcast, i think.
4: Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but continuing on with a crap in ECW here. Uh, Stevie Richards and Axel Rotten both had major heat with ECW this week. Richards went on, on Mark Madden's radio show.
2: Hey, oh, that's the Steelers, man.
4: And that's a bad call Sorry. right there going on Mark Madden's <laughs> radio show. Uh, but he joke, He went on there and joked about going to WCW if they would pay him more than Chris Jericho. <laughs>
2: Wait, why is that? Why is that the barometer?
4: That's what I'm, I'm like. <laughs> is he paid notoriously low? Well I mean, he like, said
2: that today. I'm like, okay, I get that. But,
4: yeah, <laughs> I'm assuming he's like using Chris Jericho as like he knows that maybe Jericho's not being paid very much. I don't. I don't know. But then he worked an indie show where he put over Disco Inferno clean. <laughs> That, I mean, I would have given him heat for that one. Uh, but.
2: Hey, what the um, hell's wrong with disco? Again, he's a joke, haha, but.
4: Is yeah, he really well, bad? Paul Heyman was upset because Richards is supposed to be in a major match at the ECW pay per view next week. Oh, okay. Yeah, and
3: I they, get that. and no, they didn't want him.
4: Do. Right. And they didn't want him doing clean jobs to guys like Disco Inferno before <laughs> the biggest show in company history. Yeah, I, I get that.
2: Uh, <laughs> That's like if Roman was to go out there and lose the pockets tomorrow. Good God. Keep early recording folks, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, right.
4: Well, I, when I was going to, and I got to say this, like, there are other people that will hear you defending Disco Inferno and be like, well, F this podcast and turn it off. It's like, I, I didn't think Disco Inferno was bad either. Okay. I don't give a crap. About I kind of his- liked them a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I will shamelessly say as a seven, eight, nine year old kid, you know, I would you know, when he did his entrance, I'd get up and do the, the dance, like the ones in the crowd and everything. I thought it was funny.
2: You see, and, right there, uh, that's, that's telling what you just said. They always had yeah. everybody in the crowd dancing. So you can't tell me that yep. it wasn't over. I everybody still in- was doing it.
4: Yeah. I never once saw him put on a banger of a match. But, uh, I mean, there were only a handful of times I really saw him put up a stinker. So all these, like, I don't know where this came in the last few years where people are like, oh, he couldn't wrestle and he absolutely sucked. Like,
2: if you go back okay. and look at Nitro, he had he always had a title. It felt like the TV title, the yeah. Cruiserweight
4: title. Yeah, he
2: was always have. He was always had a title around his waist. Don't tell me they didn't have faith in that man.
4: Right. But yeah, I don't know. I think people just don't like his opinions now, so they talk crap on him. It's like ah, get over it. Uh, same thing. Uh, I I saw somebody. I saw somebody on our TikTok was crying because uh, I quoted Jim Cornette saying "piss hole" in a snowbank, and he's like, "Well, oh, this guy thinks he's cool quoting Jim Cornette." It's like. And I'm like, "What's your point? Did I hurt your feelings?"
2: I got a question for you. How do you know who said that?
4: <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think I said in the clip. I'm like that, oh. or one of us did, because I said "piss hole in a snowbank," and one of us were like, "Oh, it's uh, cornetism or whatever, something like that." But but either way, uh, as for actual yeah,
2: rock, wrestling opinions become like political pains. Everyone's got a voice. It and never shut the hell up.
4: I know. Well, I oh, I, like I have a opinion. One? So I must state it. Yeah, it's like those idiots that are on Twitter. Well, if or, or the or on Facebook and Twitter. Well, if you voted for X person, you know, delete yourself off my. It's it's like that with wrestling. Well, if you watch this show, go f yourself. Get off my my Twitter. Like I okay. get heat
2: for I get heat for uh, not liking AEW all that much, but I watch it every damn Wednesday.
4: Yeah, <laughs> it's not like
2: I'm sitting there crapping on it from afar. I'm watching it. I'm literally you're, consuming the product.
4: I'm allowing them to ratings. It. yeah, <laughs> you're giving them ratings. So there you go. Uh, but as for Axel Rotten, he went to WCW's show in Baltimore, and he was used uh, as one of the security guards who broke up a Chris Benoit-Kevin Sullivan fight. Needless to say...
2: Hey, everybody starts there, dude. MJFs, Mojo, Ricky yeah, Starks, right.
4: Sheamus. Well, uh, Cody <laughs> Rhodes was a security yep. guard in WCW. He was, yeah, and Hogan was beat the piss out of him. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> well, needless to say, Paul Heyman, who hates WCW, was not thrilled. Like, ah, come on, dude. Like. He got a payday for being a security guard. I'm sure a handful he, of people. Like knew The that check
2: probably was. cleared.
4: Yeah. And, and in this case, was he jobbing out to anybody? No. Like plausible deniability there, you know, in, in K-Fabe, he could be like, oh, well, I got a second job as a security guy for that building or whatever, you know. Yep. Yeah, what the hell? Uh, speaking of this, though, to wrap up w, uh, the ECW portion, Kimona from ECW may be debuting in WCW at an upcoming Nitro in Philadelphia.
2: Uh, uh, we're way off of that so well
4: I mean well I was going to say uh, we had talked about this before she had done some like dark match or she was in some like dark matches managing some tag teams or whatever but no she wasn't like f- officially there yet they decided to, to pass so
2: how all the way live was she
4: oh yeah right I like by the way how uh when they went like they went dark for a while like the power went out in the building or something like that at some show and Paul's like uh, Kimona, why don't you go out there and do a strip tease for the fans? They'll love it. Like, why, pal? Oh my,
2: Vince, my New York pal Vince Russo said people will love that stuff.
4: Yeah. To quote him, bro, boobies. <laughs> and that is how I booked, sir. He had a
2: he had a type though. It's like usually blondes with huge fake chests.
4: Yeah, right, bro. She's like, what? Uh, she she's Asian, bro. How can I go with that, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, she's Asian, bro. How can I relate with that, bro? Good lord. Anyway, uh, WCW's Spring Stampede pay-per-view happened and was fun. Yeah. But otherwise forgettable. This what Spring year Stampede. is this again? 96, right? 97.
2: That wasn't a bad pay-per-view. That was the infamous pay-per-view where uh, Booker T dropped the N-word on Hogan, I believe.
4: <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's so. the one. <laughs> I think so. And, uh, I'm pretty sure now in the archives, if I remember correctly.
3: Uh, yeah, it is. Uh,
4: yeah, so go check that out. Uh, now in the archives, Springsteen 97. We're going to do 98 uh, next week, actually, as a matter of fact.
2: That, no, that's it, a decent show.
4: Decent. Uh, yeah. But, I remember right, know, i got to
2: pull up the notes. Break.
4: Yeah. <clears throat> well, the announcing was only mildly atrocious this time, according to Uncle Dave. Uncle Dave also calls WCW reprehensible for the fact that they knew weeks ago that Scott Hall wouldn't be there, but continued to advertise him for the show. Even during the pre-show, right before the pay-per-view started, they teased that Hall and Nash would be defending the titles, but after the pay-per-view started, they they finally told the fans that he wouldn't be there. Hall is still out.
2: Now, how does he know they knew he wasn't going to show? Maybe they had false hope on it.
4: Uh, Well, because I guess it was public knowledge at the time, and, and he was pretty public about it. But Well, and he says right here, Hall is still out dealing with some personal issues, like a failing marriage and some other vices that had landed him in rehab. So, yeah, I like, at this time, he's he's actually in rehab. So, well, no. To so quote, like, so quote
2: Vince McMahon, you have to look at the program. Because it says right on there, card subject to
4: change. I get that. But that usually is for, like, oh, somebody's injured and they just, uh, last minute we found out couldn't make it. But, like like he said, pre-show. On the pre-show. Right before the pay-per-view. They know he's not in the building. And they're like, oh, he'll be here. Kind of effing, <sighs> in my opinion.
2: Okay, another thing, though. I like Scott Hall. He's one of my favorites. But um, who was clamoring to for this paper, you to have him on it.
3: Like, well, oh, he's one of the, on
4: when he is the, a defending champion, you figure it's like, oh, well, you know, there was like I outsiders versus Steiners. Out and something. Yeah. Well, I, it's kind of like, um, I went to a TNA house show and they advertised Matt Hardy and I'm he sorry. was not there. <laughs> oh, wow. no. I was actually kind of looking forward because I had never seen Matt Hardy in person. So I was kind of looking forward to it. Uh, but yeah, he wasn't there. And, How do you uh, feel now? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, They never said why. And to further your point of like, why were you wanting to see it at that? At that time, he was dreadlock having cold blooded Matt Hardy. So you're not helping your case. Yeah, but he was still a Hardy boy. I grew up watching him, so I did want to see him in person, you know, so uh, I don't know. Uh, Speaking of growing up, watching these people, Randy Savage suffered a uh, multiple torn ligaments in his ankle during the match with DDP at Spring Stampede. Savage apparently didn't feel any pain during the match and didn't know it until he woke up in intense pain the next morning. It's believed that he'll be out for several months.
2: Any Savage in WCW injured? Tell me another one.
4: (laughs) Right. Uh, Well, maybe Vince had a point of, you're too old. I I can't really say that, though. I feel like he was hurt every year in WCW, dude. Yeah, right. The back, an ankle, a knee, uh, his hip. Yeah. Well, and and the hip issue was because he kept doing the damn flying elbow and landing on his hip. So that's why they said the older he got, the more he would, like, just straight up land straight on his opponent and just crush that mofo. And Randy Savage is smaller than Hogan, but is not a small dude. Uh, DDP literally said he pissed blood for a week after taking that elbow. So,
2: Oh, man. I worry about, uh, what's what's her name? Uh, Athena. She does that eclipse... How's that not going to affect her tailbone later in life, man?
4: Yeah, right. Well, uh, I'm trying to Hogan think of some other way. Hogan said he jacked one. up oh.
2: his back with a white job every night. When you, oh, you have a move
4: where you're coming right down on your
2: ass, it's going to hurt eventually.
4: Look at Jeff Hardy. They said the same thing about yeah. him. They said, they said now he just squishes MFers. Like, it's like Carl Anderson said he freaking hated fight, uh, wrestling him because every night, because his hip is effed up now, he just, all his weight just comes straight down on the dude. So, I mean, I get why he does it, but still, it sucks. Speaking of uh, the name Anderson, Arn Anderson, Anderson. is ge- Arn Anderson is scheduled for neck surgery this week. He will be out for at least six months if he's ever able to return at all. Yeah.
2: Of i to uh, go with the latter.
4: Yeah. Dude, he he describes the whole thing. That sounds like just awful. This is when neck surgery was still like not. But it's not what it is today. And he said that j- that doctor jacked him up. I bad. feel like
2: they never did a proper send off to him either.
4: Yeah, I was just kind of like, ah, he's not going to. I mean, he had that promo. The
2: thing is, he and, was still on TV all the time. So, you didn't, so uh, you know, you're not in the know. You don't know what the hell's going on. He's just not wrestling anymore.
4: Right. And uh, he did that promo about his spot and whatever. The cried, bro. So, you know, I mean there was that, but
2: I feel like that was a This player was crying like that,
3: yeah.
4: Yeah, it it was meant to be, but I mean, he always kind of held out hope. I think even he said he was kind of holding out a little hope, but yeah, he said he was like, "Well, looking back at it, he's like, I should have sued the doctor because he said as soon as I woke up from anesthesia, like my doctor's apologizing to me uh about the surgery and I'm like, "Well, that's kind of weird." And he's like, and then I realized I had like just incredible pain in my neck. And he said apparently the surgery was not a success. So yeah.
2: Was James yeah. Andrews on WWE retainer or what?
4: <laughs> probably. Yeah, I can't remember. He he didn't give the name of the doctor he went to, but yeah, he said it was uh not good. I don't not think
2: he I don't think he would be allowed to. You do that, it might be defamation.
4: Yeah, right. Well that's yeah, that's probably why he's keeping it to himself. <laughs> There's a lot behind the scenes heat between different factions in WCW. Kevin Sullivan has his own group of supporters and Hulk Hogan has his uh, and they're butting heads. Uncle Dave gives an example from the recent Nitro where Kevin Nash who was in the Hogan camp, cut a promo where he was supposed to tease issues amongst the NWO members. Instead, Nash cut a promo talking about little Napoleon, Kevin Sullivan backstage, <laughs> giving <laughs> orders to people. Wow. Yeah. What a mess yeah so you want to talk about you know and you know, wCW the was still kicked
3: their
2: ass for a couple more years too
4: yep I think it's did they didn't they finally break the streak in, uh, we covered that show uh, April next, 98 98 yeah okay yeah but wCW yeah was still run, I mean wCW is still running hot next year not that even though they so were mathematically right here are, are they, is the streak
2: even going I know it's 83 yes. weeks right so obviously 52 yeah. so all, all of 97 part of '98. Yes, right.
4: So yeah, but yep, you can see the cracks forming. Uh, speaking of some uh, issues, uh, Chris Benoit, Nancy Sullivan, and William Regal were not were in a car accident when they were hit by a drunk driver. The car they were in rolled over twice. Nancy was banged up, and Benoit got a nasty cut on his hand, which opened up and bled everywhere during his pay per view match. A funny note is that Uncle Dave says that. Benoit and Nancy do their angle all the time, even when they're not on TV. Which is why they were riding together. Dave has no idea that at this point it's not an angle.
3: <laughs> I,
4: I, I don't think that Benoit and Nancy Sullivan were that dedicated to the to kayfabe, where they were just going to ride together because they're in an angle together.
2: Oh, someone said that's true. Who was it? I think it was. It's on a it's on a WWE documentary. I
4: know. Well, I know they were saying that nobody knows exactly when it started to bleed over from the screen to reality. So.
2: Broken night at a bar. That'd be my pick.
4: Yeah. Well, speaking of not knowing reality from fiction, the Ray Mysterio, Jennifer Aniston story in the national Enquirer has gotten a lot of coverage. And once again, reminds everyone that it's complete BS. For people that what don't know. What story is this? For people that don't know, there was a huge rumor during this time that Rey Mysterio was dating Jennifer Aniston. Uh, keep in mind that Jennifer Aniston was, like, not just physically, but, like, uh, in Hollywood, like, one of the hottest names out there because of Friends in 97. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, I'm sure she's dating Rey Mysterio Jr. Not the crap. Step down, out Brad Pitt, wouldn't it? Yeah, right. Yeah, was, I think she was with Brad at this point. Uh, they were at least dating if not married i can't do you remember what what season was that where he was on friends eight okay so that was and they started in 94
2: this is this is season three this is either season three or it's gotta be three it's ending three right here yeah
4: okay so yeah i don't know if she was with brad pitt at this time but uh yeah either way uh in other mysterio news his wife Yes, he's married, which also adds a fun wrinkle to the Aniston story. Uh, gave birth to a baby boy named Dominic last week. It was a big joke in the locker room. yeah, oh, uh, uh, Dominic, who uh, had his, it his... It's his first WrestleMania, right? This one? He, or, or was, no, it was his
2: second. Last? Yeah, he was last year's.
4: Okay, I couldn't remember for sure. But uh, yeah, he was at... This is past and it's going to be recorded early. But he was at WrestleMania... Uh, this past week, taking on his dad. Hopefully his so. dad
2: beats the piss out of him. <laughs>
4: uh, but it was a big joke in the locker room because the baby was pretty damn big and everyone joked that it must be Kevin Nash's son. <laughs> oh, man. It's
2: crazy how much he towers overrated to this day.
4: Yeah, right? And, uh, I mean, you can kind of see some resemblance, like if you combined his mom and dad's faces, whatever. But it's like it's also funny to think that, like, he kind of resembles Eddie. <laughs> and that was like the whole joke. It's the stupid mullet. Dude. Yeah, I know. Right. Like, dude, why do you have the same mullet as Eddie? Are you just like leaning into the joke or <laughs> do you just or do you actually like that hair?
2: Nobody likes that hair.
4: <laughs> I, I, I don't, don't even know, know why
2: this white guy from Alabama would like that mullet.
4: I don't know man I, it's it's weird. I told I said something I was uh, like making fun of people with mullets one day and my wife was like hey they're making a comeback. I'm like the mullet? She's like yeah, they're like fashionable now. And I'm like I am
2: seeing I it more and
4: more everywhere though to be fair. Yeah, I'm like what do you mean they're making a comeback? I was like when were they ever here? <laughs> I was yeah, I guess you know 90s and 80s and whatever but just like and like she argued with me. She's like no, they're like they're becoming a big thing again. And I'm like and at first I didn't believe her, but yeah, the more I get around, it was like, you're arguing with her. Yeah. Well, I, the more I get out in public and everything and I look around, I'm like, yeah, you know what? Damn it. She's right. Snow you go out hunting. Don't you? I was,
2: I was looking for mullet. Well, yeah, I see the pictures all the time. Don't <laughs> you, yeah.
4: you, you and our mutual friend are always sending me pictures of freaking random mullets out in the wild. <laughs> Not that I'm complaining. It's just, it's hilarious, but still it's just like, Oh my God. <laughs> What is it? Mississippi Waterfall? I think it's what it's called. Yeah, <laughs> what the hell is that? I think that's a nickname for Mullet. Mississippi Waterfall. Yeah. But, yeah. Anyway, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling was hoping to get the entire NWO to appear at their Osaka Dome show next month, but Hulk Hogan won't be there because New Japan Pro Wrestling wasn't willing to meet his price demands. I'm sure they weren't. Uh, and Randy Savage is injured, so he likely won't be there either. That leaves Kevin and Scott Nash. Hall ain't going to show up. So. Yeah, well, that, <laughs> you'd think. But that leaves Nash, Hall, and Six, and others. Uh, and of course, I like how it's Nash, Hall, Six, and the others.
2: And the like, rest.
4: <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and of course, Hall's status is still up in the air, also, but he is expected to be back by then. Several other WCW stars like Sting and Lex Luger are expected as well.
2: You know, they probably yeah. really wanted, I'm not even joking, Scott Norton.
4: Yeah, right. They're like the guys you can like send a over God over there, man. You can send over Flash, right? Like, uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess that's kind of like when—not uh, the crap on this because I'm a big fan of this guy, but you know, you and I talked about this before. I like, kind of like when uh, WWE is like, well, since you let us use uh, Ric Flair in our show, you know, you can you can have your pick of anybody on our roster, and they're like Christian, uh, <laughs> like anybody, yeah, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like it's not like we have to write him out of booking plans, so sure, go at it.
2: My favorite part about that is, preacher said you could have asked for Cena or The Undertaker. We were going to give him to you.
4: But you could have asked, but yeah, no, nope, right? <laughs> you didn't even try. <laughs> yeah, you could have asked for The Rock, but no, it, yeah. <sighs> Man, uh, this one was funny. Went, I
2: might have went Batista while I was here at that time. Yeah, that was right. a big enough star. They might have said okay.
4: Yeah, that was like it was a step down from Cena, but it was still a. Big ass name. So they could have asked for triple freaking H, but no, no, no. Christian Cage. Okay. And like I said, I, am a huge Christian Cage fan, but really? Okay.
2: Well, clearly Casey Carter is too.
4: Yeah, right. Uh, This story is funny just because of the politics of Mexico, but triple a president Antonio Pena has filed a lawsuit against WCW claiming that the Mexican wrestlers who signed WCW contracts did so illegally because they're still under contract to AAA. Part of Pena's agreement with WWF was that Pena promised that he could get all of the Mexican stars working in WCW to come to the WWF because he claims that he has valid contracts with them. Interestingly enough, the lawsuit names most of the Mexicans that WCW is using, but does not name Rey Mysterio Jr., which is the main wrestler that WWF wanted most of all.
2: (laughs) Yeah, <laughs>
4: <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure Ray was locked down tight in WCW. I, that was like uh, Eric Bischoff made it clear he like he was locked in with a WCW contract. Like, no, the rest of these
2: guys, I don't know, I'm pretty that guy's sure. been coveted for years. That's crazy to think about.
4: Yeah, right. This and I like when uh, WWE finally did get him to come in. They're like, put your mask back on. We want you with a mask.
2: No, he wanted the mask. He said it.
4: Really? Yeah. I thought, we, I thought Bruce Pritchard said something about he. They were kind of pushing. They were like, "We don't want maskless Ray."
2: Well, Ray said he wanted the mask back badly.
4: Well, I I th- I think uh, you know it could be, bo- it could be both, right? Well, I think WWE was smart enough to see you know uh, merchandising uh, opportunities with Ray. I mean, how many freaky? I never
2: see anybody in the crowd wearing zero mask. You're wrong.
4: Yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> plus the fact. Uh, w- uh, how many versions of Rey Mysterio toys do we have out there? Like five thousand?
2: I think he's got the he- most figures in history. Next to Cena.
4: Yeah, it's like him, Cena, AJ Styles is pulling up the rear there. Like it's it,
2: Hulk Hogan's how- still adding to it.
4: <laughs> who? Who is it?
2: So Hulk Hogan still adding to it?
4: Yeah, yeah. Hulk Hogan. He's getting there. another old. on the way,
2: it's crazy. If this, if this arena gets back quick enough.
4: Yeah. Yeah, but. Yeah, he has, what, his
2: fourth I, ultimate. One, two. Three. I think it'll be his fourth ultimate. Yeah.
4: Nice. But yeah, I don't believe like Mexico was always pulling crap with contracts, man. Like it was always something with them.
2: I blame Conan.
4: But yeah, it's just always, always something political. But we talked about this guy earlier. But Disco Inferno has been telling indie promoters that he isn't available for any dates after July first. So, he, <laughs> I so I know I have darn. to go
2: back to what we were saying, but you no. Know, oh, no, we can't hear disco. Might as well close shop.
4: Yeah, right. <laughs> we had you. Adver- we packed out the building for you. What do you mean you can't make the show? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, uh, he can't do any dates after July 1st. So he's probably headed to the WWF at this point. No! Yeah. Uh, Not quite. Uh, was this a before or after
2: the whole thing where he kind of got fired for not wanting to lose the Jack one on TV.
4: Had to be after, right? Because didn't he ever, wasn't his run in uh, like 96?
2: I don't remember. It's all, like a, it's all like one long run to me.
4: Yeah, I know. I like, I wasn't a con- like, I didn't start watching wrestling until like late 97, so I really don't remember.
2: Well, like they said, he's almost for sure going to WWE. What the hell would he have done there? Yeah, obviously couldn't have been Disco, I assume.
4: Yeah, right. Were they going to make the same mistake that they did with Mark Merrill? Right. Yeah, because uh, yeah, it said he was injured in early 97 and took some time off before returning in September. Uh, his injury was mentioned after Disco refused to lose to Jacqueline because she was a woman and doesn't say anything about when he was fired. Um, I don't think he was fired for long. So, oh,
2: like I said, I don't remember him ever being off.
4: Yeah. Okay, so yeah, he, he lost to Chacklin at Halloween Havoc 97. So he, he was back by then. So maybe this was... I mean, he was fighting, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe he never was. Yeah. But either way, uh, speaking of indie wrestlers, indie wrestler Sean Morley has been drawing comparisons to 80s-era Lex Luger, with people saying that he's really green in the ring but has a great physique. Right. I mean, well, I wonder where that's gonna go. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he he did have a good physique, but '80s era Lex Luger,
2: nah. That's a guy that's, that rivals Schwarzenegger at times. So yeah, no.
4: Yeah, uh, according to uh, Bruce Pritchard, he said the first time he saw Morley was he was wrestling in Mexico uh, with a mask, and his name was Steel. Oh, um,
2: wow, he's a porn star. <laughs>
4: God dang, pal, we're going to put him in fake porn movies. Russo's like, bro, I don't know nothing about porn, bro. <laughs> no, Russo comes in, he's like, I, bro, I was spanking it last night and I got the perfect idea for his gimmick, bro.
2: Holy crap.
4: <laughs> oh my gosh. When he finished, I cried, bro. My gosh. Uh, bro, we're going to bring in that dude whose wife hacked off his junk and have him do an angle together, bro. Oh my God. How the <laughs> hell did I? I, want, I would love to know how they even came to fruition. Dude, because freaking Vince Russo with his pea brain was watching the news, was like, Bro, this is awful, bro. Bro, what if we do something with Val Venus, man? He gets his junk cut off. <laughs> but, but he doesn't really get his junk cut off. It was a swerve, bro. But we bring in this dude anyway. <laughs> and who's going
2: to cut off his junk? It's going to be the Japanese guys, bro. You know they like swords, bro.
4: Yeah, he's gonna, bro. He's gonna have himself a samurai sword. He's gonna cut it. He's gonna cut it off. He's gonna be gone forever, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but but here's where it gets really interesting, bro. He's gonna call it a pee like you know, like he's in in grade school, bro.
2: <laughs> sad. I can see all that being true.
4: <laughs> it's just like, I mean, all of it was bad that we just laid out. But say, like, he called it a pee-pee. Like, you're a grown man. <laughs> anyway. Uh, God, trying to move on from that. This is a, Why?
2: I want to spend more time on this.
4: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fake Diesel and Fake Razor did an angle at the latest USWA show where they came out and attacked everybody during the show. The whole thing is a WWF. Oh, wow.
2: Is- where were they got yeah. that from?
4: Yeah. Uh, the whole thing is a WWF is better than USWA thing with the USWA guys trying to defend their company against the WWF guys.
2: It's like the NFL and fake- the XFL say we're better than you. Like,
4: and? and? We yeah. know this. That's like, oh, well, I don't know about that. That's debatable. <laughs> uh, the fake Diesel even cut a promo talking about how Jerry Lawler brought him into the WWF back when he was Isaac Yankum. Uh, since Lawler worked for both, the big angle is about whose side Lawler is on. Oh, well then. That makes it interesting now. God. Well, speaking of uh, WWF talents elsewhere, uh, Mankind will make a one-night return to FMW in Japan under the name Cactus Jack, and will team with Terry Funk and The Gladiator, a.k.a. Mike Awesome, in a, no
3: hard,
4: <laughs> in a hardcore match against Atsushi Onita, Masato Tanaka, and uh, Kintaro Kanamura
2: swear to God, when you said Mike Austin was in it, I knew Masato Tanaka was going to be on the other side. I knew it.
4: Well, of course. Like, who else? (laughs) Uh, The show will also be headlined by a women's electrified barbed wire match. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) That will be the retirement of FMW women's star Megumi Kudo. If you're asking... No, not her. Yeah, if you're asking who, so am I. Uh, Cue that dog uh, uh, meme. Who? Who? There we go. All right. Anyway. But sticking with uh, FMW, unfortunately, WWF has reportedly reached out to Atsushi Onita about coming in, but Onita has no interest in wrestling in the U.S. Instead, WWF will likely be bringing in FMW wrestler Kentaro Kanemura for a tryout soon. Oh, God. I can't imagine WWF seeing any of. Uh, Onita's work and being like, God dang it, pal, we gotta sign him, <laughs> and I blow shit up, pal. Uh, wow. Uh, well, I mean, maybe Russo wanted to sign him, but I can't see Vince McMahon wanting to sign him. Uh, this one, uh, this kind of sucks. But expect Yokozuna to return later this year. Word is that he's lost a ton of weight. I don't think what? that's true. Oh uh, well. <laughs> Uh, on both of those fronts, he, I he think would he, he
2: would return. He, he'd be at the Survivor Series '96. Uh, are we in '96 right now?
4: We're in '97.
2: Okay, and no, he's not yep. coming back.
4: Yeah, gone forever, bro. Which sucks. Uh, I wish he would have lost weight and been able to come back and kind of uh, change gimmicks well, a little bit. To
2: well, the problem is he was determined to gain more.
4: Right. Freaking sucks, man.
2: I mean, I'm not saying I don't feel bad, but you know it sucks that he died. I mean, you got to stop that crap.
4: Yep. Yeah, everybody was trying to help him, and he was just like, nah, I'm okay. Nah, it'll be fine. But on Shotgun Saturday night, which, you know, everybody loved, uh, Sonny has been doing a gossip segment and said that a fourth member of the Hart Foundation will be added and said that it will be someone who started his career in Stampede Wrestling, which almost certainly means Brian Pillman. She also hinted at another UFC fighter coming in to challenge Ken Shamrock and hinted at his nickname being The Beast, which is obviously Dan Severn. Like, they didn't even try to make that clever. <laughs> just like, oh, his nickname's The Beast. Oh, I wonder who.
2: They could have said something like someone Tom Selleck is jealous of. You know, something like that. <laughs> right.
4: Uh, someone with a, uh, just a, the greatest mustache this side of porn. <laughs> oh man he somewhat resembles richard from friends
2: <laughs> why do we hey. get two friends references in this episode
4: yeah hey we got to get more in <laughs> but on raw Shawn michaels cut a 15 minute promo that was basically a shoot bro sean tore into Bret hart and his family and says that brett complained about losing the wwf title to sean said that brett left the wwf for most of the year because he was waiting for business to plummet with sean on top but instead they did the best business they'd done in six years and vince mcmahon confirmed it uncle dave interjects and says yes business was good on top with sean or with sean on top rather but let's not pretend that he was a hogan-esque draw plus uncle dave talks about yeah uh well he's coming
2: the guy who is
4: coming stone cold about (laughs) Uh, Plus, Uncle Dave talks about all of Sean's various hissy fits and temper tantrums throughout the year. That pretty much sums it up as Sean was trying to rewrite history. Uh, He was a decent draw by 1996 standards, sure, but he didn't set the world on fire or anything. Sean then went on to say that Brett used a rival organization to stab WWF in the back to get them to pay him more money and just basically spent the whole promo crapping on Brett and talking about how he can't separate wrestling from real life. I mean, I'll
2: say that never happened.
4: Uh, it depends on well, the timeline. I think at this point in 97, uh, he was like going back. Well, they and were forth.
2: talking about 96. I assume he said he left, use their, use them to get more money. That's when he came back. in for series. 96.
3: Yeah. Say he I he never even
2: talked to about the contract.
4: Yeah. I don't know when he actually started well, talking.
2: You just said, I'm going, I'm thinking it's the sabbatical he took after somebody 12.
4: Yeah, right. But, I, but I'm just wondering, like, I don't know when exactly he started talking to WCW. So um, I, I, I really don't know. But it, it seemed like that was always a, a threat in Brett's Dave back knows. pocket. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there was always a threat in Brett's back pocket where it's like, oh, well, you know, I could go to WCW.
2: And you could do nothing ever there.
4: Yeah, right. And now he says he regrets it. It's like, I'm sure the hell you do. According to credit uh,
2: until I look at my bank account.
4: Yeah right. Well, it and uh, you know, according to Honky Tonk Man, he got kicked in the head and couldn't get his junk hard anymore. So there you go. Right.
2: <sighs> Honky <sighs> Tonk Man people. going after guys' junk. Wow. <laughs> uh, I think we've already covered this.
4: Yeah, there's a, a short video on our YouTube. If anybody wants to go check that out, uh, Honky Tonk Man is obsessed with jo- with uh, Johnson's. Can't remember I'm so exactly.
2: We pissed that man off. He's coming after your thingy.
4: <laughs> yeah right talks about rick rude's junk talks about <laughs> Bret hart's junk it's like what the hell is wrong with you dude i'm sure there's others thrown in there too that i just i don't know honky donk man's a weird weird man that's all i gotta say but uh anyway uh that brings us to our last two stories of the podcast and they're kind of uncomfortable i mean the first one is just like you know typical oh, wow. for for wrestling and this is
2: this is a new for one for us
4: yeah well, this, this first story is just kind of peripheral um, media talk about wrestling. The second, the last story I got in here is a doozy that's really uncomfortable, but we'll get into it. But uh, these people, uh, I, I compiled it all into this one segment called That is One Big Pile of Sh**. So let's hit the, let's hit the new you, stinger.
2: You couldn't. <laughs> Say what? Go ahead. What the
4: fuck is this piece of sh**?
3: That is one big pile of sh-
2: <laughs> I was going to ask <laughs> if you'd use that.
4: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, had to get some more Joe Pesci in there. Anyway, this first story. Sports Illustrated magazine took time out to crap on pro wrestling. I know. I'm shocked, too. Uh, earlier this year, the New Jersey governor signed a bill eliminating the Athletic Commission regulations on pro wrestling, which what event was that that when they first went to
2: uh summer uh, Slam 97
4: okay uh yeah now in the archives uh where we we talked about that they brought the freaking governor out to uh give her a fake title and whatever and uh thank her for signing it but either way uh for years the wwf avoided running shows in jersey because of those regulations sports illustrated gleefully said that the wwf had to admit that pro wrestling isn't a sport in order to get the regulations dropped which, as everyone knows, WWF admitted years ago. The story says, quote, Pro Wrestling had long tried to insult everyone's intelligence by claiming that matches were genuine contests and that practitioners were true athletes, end quote. Uncle Dave says that... I might argue uh, that
2: they are true athletes, but...
4: Well, Uncle Dave says Pro Illustrated is insulting his intelligence by claiming that pro wrestlers aren't great athletes because they absolutely are. Especially Point those two little day.
2: babies that aren't even yet down in Rancho Cucamonga.
3: <laughs>
4: wow. Yeah, that's uh, <clears throat> just another freaking mag- like It's such a low-hanging fruit. Like, oh, slow news week. Let's uh, talk crap about wrestling again.
2: Cool. It's kind of ironic and funny right now because, like, you know, they're doing that like, and I'm looking at uh, uh, ESPN this morning and the reveal of the WrestleMania card and everything. And man, people's tunes have changed, huh?
4: yeah right Um, oh, and how many people are buying magazines nowadays like good lord outside of their swimsuit edition like who gives a damn about sports illustrated like yeah when i growing up that was just like espn growing up that was a thing like every guy had a subscription to sports illustrated or knew someone who did now it's like nobody buys magazines what the hell but this last story is uh it's, it's something man, two effed up quotes from two different people. So recently Ted Turner was quoted as saying that the recent heaven's gate cult ma- uh, mass suicide was quote, a good way to get rid of a few nuts and quote. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to pause. You right that, there. Turner? Yes. This uh, do you, rem- do you know what, what I'm talking about? The, the I, gate? I do,
2: uh, I do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because, uh, Mutual friend of ours, he took me to this place in LA called Museum of Death, which is really cool. I think you and I went to the one in New Orleans, didn't we?
4: Yeah, we did. Uh,
2: yeah, the one in LA had like a whole display of it, had like one of the, genu- the actual beds from the scene.
4: Was, yeah. That's when
2: I learned about it. It's crazy.
4: Well, for people that don't know, um, it just real quick on it, it was a cult based in uh, like New Mexico and San Diego, California. Uh, well, was this the one. Where they all uh, they all drink like cyanide or whatever. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And the guys cachet themselves. Right.
4: Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh...
2: dude. I'm like clenching my legs right now. am just saying that.
4: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, October 1996, by the way, is when that apparently happened. Just uh, you'd have to look up more if you want to know more about it. It's on their Wikipedia page. But
2: there's a there's a, there's a special on YouTube <sighs> about like a new special.
4: Yeah, it's uh, yeah, they have a whole documentary. It's a about
2: very it. crazy interesting watch. You know I like mm-hmm. want to take a bath after you watch it but um, it's it's
4: Yeah, for sure. Weird, man. Yep. But he said that and then oh, you know how do you get worse than that Greg? Well, buckle up. Uh, in the New York Post, Phil Mushnick, because who else POS. responded. <laughs> yeah, responded, but well, I what I said at the top, of, uh, uh, the top of the segment. That's one big pile of shit. <laughs> But uh, he responded by writing, quote, Ted Turner should watch his mouth about last week's mass suicide being a good way to get rid of a few nuts. If not for America's lunatic fringe and the disaffected, his WCW televised pro wrestling would be out of business. End quote. The Lord. What? Oh, my God. So you're comparing cultists who committed mass suicide to. Because they thought
2: that. I think God was on the back of Haley's comment or something like that.
4: Yeah, uh, I, something like I that. get all these quotes or, or quotes. I get all these cults confused. So, yeah, I'm sure. But he compares those people to people who like to watch pro wrestling.
2: God, I must be sick in the damn head. Then. Yeah. Walk my ass up.
4: <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, that was the uh, very first edition and possibly the last of that is one big pile of shit.
2: <laughs> we you do now... enough research, I guarantee you, it's not the last.
4: Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, I might. I might. Uh, <laughs> I, I hope we don't run into too much of this crap in the future. But you know, Look, anytime... I never ever thought you'd ever talk about that Heaven's Gate thing on here ever. Yeah. Right. Well, it's uh, Ted Turner and Phil Mushnick. So I. Ted Turner, I I don't know much about him. I know he said some things in the past that are just like, wow. And who hasn't? Yeah, especially somebody that's been in the public uh, eye that much. But yeah, he's he's a piece of work himself. We have
2: presidential candidates who've said questionable stuff. So tell me another one. I think
4: every presidential candidate (laughs) has said some questionable (laughs) stuff. Uh, But yeah, Ted Turner is a real piece of work. Um, But either way. And Phil Mushnick, everything that that guy writes is just like Dave Meltzer
2: of like quote unquote real news.
4: Yeah, well, it's not even that he. I mean, he does report fake stuff, but at the same time, his big problem is that he just he has a burning hatred for wrestling to the point of where he not only lies about it, but he insults anyone who watches it or has anything to do with it to a point where it's like, dude, settle the f down, man. Were you touched inappropriately by a wrestler? A good God, man. I don't know. Phil Mushnick
2: I still want to pay some good money to see Jim Cornette just beats the piss out of him.
4: Yeah, right. Uh, that's one I wouldn't mind You know, getting the baseball bat out. But either way, uh, that does it for the news and notes. Uh, I think it's time to get into the event at hand. Speaking of uh, using weapons on each other. So let's take our next break. When we come back, it's ECW's Barely Legal
0: follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on twitter at main event underscore marks and on instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector
2: good morning good afternoon good evening and good night my name is thomas and what's your name oh i'm alan Alan. oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. we're brothers that's right yeah the mother same mother and father Room was. Oh, we shared the room. Shared the room. We right. Shared the room. thought I knew your face. Yeah, room, we so go it, way man. back, mate. Hey, yeah.
1: We should do a podcast then.
2: Uh, we have. We do we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The
1: Broadcast.
2: Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, what do we do? K-A-S-T really hey, yeah, the ending.
2: yeah, it's alright, good on you yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast Remember, we don't spell it with a C We spell it with a K
4: Slowly, mate. Take it easy The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks And we're back We're back it's ECW barely legal, 1997. I say 97. It was the one and only. They never had another barely legal. But yeah, anyway. I always wonder
2: why. I mean, I when know, you celebrate just... your first ever pay per view by having it like an annual thing,
4: right? Yeah, it's like the the one name you abandon is your inaugural pay per view name. <laughs>
2: uh, okay, that's which is funny because the 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 path to get there was like very rough. I think they would the hell right. out
4: of it. I know, right? Uh, It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. Well, it didn't, but either way.
2: (laughs) Oh, it depends on how you look at payoff.
4: Yeah, I suppose that that's true. But either way, this took place April 13th, 1997. The venue is the ECW arena in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and the attendance was 1170, which is more than they got into TNA shows back in the day.
2: Probably a legit sellout for that arena.
4: Yeah, they squeezed people in there. Apparently, before the show, they gave the, the place a new paint job. They got a brand new ring. They, they tried to, they tried to, to uh, shine up that pig.
2: Also, but, I heard it was like blistering hot in that arena.
4: Oh, yeah, I'm sure it was. It was probably a sweat box. Uh, well, I, I re-
2: um, no, I'm not going to say it.
4: <laughs> Good God. But uh, the buy rate for this was .26, which amounted to 104,000 buys. Uh, not terrible for a company that, uh, I mean, I don't think they had nationwide TV at this time. And if they did, it was on at like, you know, midnight on a Saturday or whatever. But per our usual arrangement, we start the show off with Joey Styles in the ring, welcoming us to the show. He's eventually interrupted by the Dudley boys of Bubba Ray, d Sign Guy, and Studley Dudley, a.k.a. Joel Gertner. Uh, they chase Styles out of the ring, and Devon goes off on the crowd, saying that it's time to testify. Now, we finally run the open for the show. After this, we come back to Joel Gertner. Does Devon know the they're employees. in Philly? Say what?
2: Does Devon know they're in Philly?
4: Uh, Yeah, why?
2: He said testify, and I'm pretty sure most of those fans play for the other side. But
4: Oh, for God's sake.
2: <laughs> no, no, I, I think it would be the devil's sake. Yeah. I'm getting a letter.
4: (laughs) Good God. Um, But uh, Joel Gertner introduces the Dudleys. you
2: how they react to this stuff? Can't call me wrong.
4: Uh, Yeah. Well, there's a chant they do at the end of the show that we'll get into that's. Maybe
2: morally wrong. I'll give you that, but not wrong. Right.
4: This first match is the Dudley boys, Bubba Ray and Devon, with Joel Gertner and Sign Guy Dudley in their corner, defending the ECW tag team titles against the eliminators of Saturn and Cronus. Goes for six minutes, 11 seconds. The Dudley boys bail out right away. Side guy attacks the Eliminators and eats a total elimination. And did he eat that? Yeah, uh,
2: man. <laughs> I thought he was dead.
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh, they almost al- totally eliminated his life.
2: Was head the, eliminators,
4: came off. <laughs> the Eliminators completely dominate the Dudleys, hitting the total elimination on Bubba Ray and pin him to win the titles. Uncle Dave gave this two and three-quarter stars. I gave it two and a half. I would have rated it higher, but the Dudleys basically got dominated in this match. What say you?
2: I gave it two and a half, or two. I was between two and three. But I said I probably mm. would have gave it three if it was a little bit longer. I was actually getting into it, believe that or not. Only I've ever said that I, about a CW match. I was like, I was getting I, into it. And like, it's only yeah, before I knew it.
4: I enjoyed it, but it also just felt like, and I realize they're putting them over, they're making them the champions, but this just it didn't really feel like a match as much as a showcase for the eliminators because the Dudleys did nothing and the eliminators just did flips and dives and their finishers throughout the match. And that was it. Well, I got news for you, dude, that's all they do. (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong. It looked cool, but it's just like, uh, it wasn't really much of a competition either way. After the match, Joel Gertner gets in and claims that on his scoring system, the Dudley boys are still the tag team champions. He then eats a total elimination as the crowd goes nuts. And I'll tell you what, man, seeing the way he went down, uh, I think he needs to visit Victoria's Secret for a bra. Good lord. <laughs> I'm getting a letter.
2: Him and Evil Uno. <laughs> uh,
4: you mean, uh, hey, have you ever seen Joel Gertner and Evil Uno in the same. Place at the same time, it might be the no, same dude.
2: Nor have I ever seen you, you know unmasked. So yeah, you you have a couple of points there.
4: <laughs> exactly. So it it, it very could it very well could be the guy. See, pasty, little hair on the chest, and he's got man boobs. So there you go. I just have you ever seen that movie Eight Crazy Nights? Yeah, I know where you're going. Uh, yeah, I just all I could think of with him is, hey, jelly jugs. Next time you come onto my court, wear a bra. And then. <laughs> The other guy's like, "He's just kidding, son. You got very nice boobs." <laughs> uh, I tell like
2: uh, we have Christmas story, and Jewish people have that. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't seem fair to me. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and look, I love them it's 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 objectively a a bad movie, but I effing love it. i I don't I unapologetically, unironically love that movie, but yeah, it's yeah, it's not good. Hey, well, you know, they finally they finally got a a Hallmark movie, man. I I was going through like uh uh like Christmas and holiday movies this past season. They've got one called uh The Menorah in the Middle or some crap like that. <laughs> I'm like, "Mother of God, they ran out of Christmas stories on Hallmarks, and now they're doing Hanukkah-themed movies." I,
2: I asked my buddy, you know, people for Christmas they watch Christmas stories and stuff like that. What do, what do Jewish people watch? He so he said that for the longest time it would be the uh, Barbara Streisand Musical special? Oh gosh. Watch. I, I,
4: <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, well, it's it's okay. We, we, you know, I'll just stick to my Star Wars Christmas special. Okay.
2: I'll stick to Batman Returns. <laughs> oh,
4: God. <laughs> uh, now, see, personally, for Hanukkah, because you know, in in honor of uh, my Jewish brethren, for Hanukkah, I like to watch the Rugrats holiday special. But whatever. <laughs> Not a joke. That's how I learned what the hell Hanukkah was back in the day. I'm not even kidding. But anyway, getting back into this. Joey Styles sends us to a promo from The Sandman, who talks about how much beer he drinks, how many cigarettes he smokes, and how extreme he is. He then repeatedly bashes himself in the forehead with his own Singapore cane to make himself bleed. Real man of
2: genius. And why? What does that accomplish?
4: Uh, it, it accomplishes him looking badass, right? God, what do, you, what do you not get about this? A lot, apparently. How, how dare you question the Sandman? <laughs> Me, right? I was a um,
2: fan of his when I was a kid. Not a kid, but like a teenager.
4: Yeah, and far- then you realized he sucks.
2: because I love his music. But-
4: uh, I liked it when he first came to WWE for the WWE CW. Uh, Cause he was like, he didn't do much. He did a couple cool moves and then got the F out. And I was like, ah, right, cool. Okay, cool. Yeah. Little shit too. yeah right. Yeah he, yeah. he, he didn't quite have uh, quite as big of a beer gut. And he wasn't wearing just random sweatpants this time either. They were like, can you at least put on some jeans? Like God.
2: i think <sighs> boys kind of got that cornered.
4: Yeah. But now we go to Chris Candido in the ring, wearing a sling. Because he partially tore his bicep. This is the second week in a row we talk Working about. Out, uh, no
2: doubt.
4: Yeah, because
2: he was a workout well, enthusiast. I don't remember that.
4: Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, well, it, well, he was filming his next workout tape, and he got hurt. What's a tape? <laughs> uh was it, he was skip right? So yeah. he, he was. Uh, skip. It was skipped in my loo. No, what's
2: the, what's a tape?
4: Oh well, what is a tape? Uh, I do people people. Google the hoofs, VHS. Anyway, uh, but yeah, this is the second week in a row we've talked about a Chris Candido injury. You realize that? I do now. Yeah. Fortunately, this one didn't kill him, but still. But because of this injury, he had to be replaced in tonight's main event. Candido says By the way, I like how it's like uh, we can't get. C- we don't have Chris Candido anymore. Uh, uh, I know Stevie Richards.
2: Look, no disrespect to Chris Candido, but why the hell was he in the main event to begin with?
4: He was a big deal in ECW for whatever reason. Yeah, I think Because he's, he's a former NWA champ, I assume. I mean, he was a good wrestler. Uh, I don't know. And he was I, BFFs I'm not looking
2: at his skills, but...
4: these BFFs with uh, uh, Shane Douglas, who was another top guy. I don't know. Top I guy. ECW treated Chris Candido like a top guy. I'll say that. So, whatever the fans liked him, Candido says that he left Eastern Championship Wrestling back in 1993. He traveled the world, uh, wrestled at WrestleMania, <laughs> came back. No,
2: he didn't.
4: He wrestled the pre-show WrestleMania. But anyway, yeah, well, I digress. He, <laughs> he was like, I defended the tag titles at WrestleMania, or or I wrestled for uh, the tag he, titles. Yeah, uh,
2: he Man. won them. I don't think he defended them.
4: Yeah, I, th- I think it was that. I think he said he he wrestled for the tag titles at WrestleMania. I was like. I don't remember that, but okay, I'll take your word for it. It was on a
2: pre-show. That, yes. that, I think it was that picture you sent me the other day, how you watched Wrestling Back of the Day on the TV Guide channel. That's what it was on.
4: Oh, nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, anyway, he said, now he's back and now he's hurt. He goes on about how he's better than everyone in the main event, and then Lance Storm comes oh, out whoa. for his match.
2: Raven was in the main event, wasn't he?
4: I, yeah, I mean, that was technically the main event. So, yeah. Uh, if he's talking about that triple threat, I'd still have to go with Funk. <laughs> Funk was better than him. I don't know. I mean, he was better than Sandman. He was better than Rick. In Richards, my opinion,
2: these but... are these are uh, Funk's dwindling years, but yeah, he's still better.
4: Right. But now we've got Lance Storm versus Rob Van Dam in 10 minutes, 10 seconds.
2: Storm has this was a, a, a thrown-on match, too, by the way.
4: Which is pretty pathetic. You just throw on Rob Van Dam like <laughs> no build, like really. But Storm has a sweet, sweet bleach blonde rat tail. So ready, hell yeah, man! Like he looked like every he looked like every trailer park kid from the early '90s, man. I'm telling you,
2: he looked like every kid wanted to be Sting from the 90s. or
4: that <laughs> that too. But RVD's first w- ECW theme, by the way, freaking sucked uh i did not watch this on peacock full disclosure i watched it uh i watched a feed of it where it had like the actual themes uh and so i got the real song this was pre-walk by pantera whatever song this was sucked but either way a chair gets involved in this one per usual lance actually kicks out of a five-star frog splash and makes a comeback rvd gets to the ropes to break a single leg crab from storm in the end, Van Dam hits a Van Daminator followed by a standing moonsault to win. Uncle Dave only gave this two and a half stars. I gave it three. I love this match. What say you? I gave it three. I
2: thought it was probably the best, well, one of the best matches of the night.
4: For sure, yeah. Uh, Lance Storm is so underratedly good. I don't think he was ever bad. Rob Van Dam is obviously, like, one of the best. So this, was I think he may be the best he's
2: ever produced, honestly.
4: Yeah, right. I uh, He was definitely my, my, he'd be my pick. Dreamer was okay. Raven was good. Uh, Douglas was good, but yeah, I mean, and, and obviously Taz was really good, but yeah, Van Dam has got to be like the top of the heap. But RVD wanders around the ring for a bit before Lance Storm puts his hand out to shake. Van Dam thanks him for the great match, but says he's not going, or he's not about that and he won't give Lance any respect. RVD says that he only sells out to himself and says that He's being held back by Paul Heyman, kept in ECW. I'd argue that. Yeah, I don't know if... I mean, was Heyman really keeping him in ECW, or is just, like, nobody hiring you?
2: I assume he was keeping him from WCW. Yeah. Because without saying it, he never... Oh, well, without saying he loved WCW, you can
3: tell.
4: Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know, man. But Joey Styles now sends us to a video package for Terry Funk. Paul Heyman's voiceover tells us that Terry was just given an award in Philadelphia, and he's wanting to win one more world title in the name of his dead father, Dory Funk Sr.
2: Before he retires, inevitably, next month. For the seventh time.
4: Yeah, uh, seven of 20.
2: Pretty sure he retired more than Roy Jones Jr. did.
4: (laughs) I will say this. uh, I, I don't like most video packages by ECW, but this was, I thought, really well done. I don't know who put this one together, but they did a good job on it. But now we go to this. It is a trios match between the teams of Great Sasuke, Gran Hamada, and Masato uh, Yukishuji. Okay, that guy. Uh, Versus BWO Japan, which is Terry Boy, Dick Togo, and (laughs) and Takamishinoku. It's Dick Togo, I know, don't at me. This goes just shy of 17 minutes. When Sasuke, Hamada, and uh, Yakashuji enter, they get streamers thrown at him. Freaking litters the damn ring. In the end, uh, Sasuke hits a standing power bomb, like an awesome bomb on Taka, followed by a tiger suplex to win. Can you guess Uncle Dave's rating for this before I even say it? Four and a half. Holy crap, you're spot on. Four and a half stars from Uncle Dave. I had a feeling. I gave this three. Let's say you.
2: I gave it three. Have you ever noticed, by the way, he's got like a, a fetish with Japanese wrestlers. Kind of uh, like, like, like creeps too with Japanese schoolgirls.
4: Yeah. Uh, just, yeah, just uh, I, I, I don't know. It's just, it's just now coming to me that he has a slight obsession. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Plain as day. Like, what, like, dude, it was a good match. But mother of God, a damn near five-star score. Just the f out, man!
2: I actually wrote my notes here. Bet Uncle Dave gives us five stars. <laughs> uh,
4: well, you're you're almost there, so I'll just say that is correct. <laughs> uh, by the way, that uh, that Yakashuji uh, or whatever, or Yakashiji, I guess. But what, what the hell ever? Uh, he dressed like an elf. I I don't know why, but. Yeah, it was a weird outfit. It's kind of a
2: funny thing about these guys will all be in WWE soon. And we just touched on what oh, they'll be doing.
4: Oh, yeah, on the BWO side, yeah. <laughs> I like how they have a BWO Japan, like NWO Japan. <laughs> but, you know, much like ECW, theirs is with uh, Mishinoku Pro, which is like the bottom of the barrel in, in Japanese wrestling. <laughs> Good grief. But up uh, after the match, though... Dick to go and Grand Hamada get into a fight before being separated. We now go to a black and white promo for Stevie Richards. He says that he was used and abused by a man that he idolized Raven. But tonight he can prove that he's still his own man and win the ECW world title. Sure, Jan. Uh, but he lets us know that the fun and games are over tonight when he steps into the ring and Stevie flips his hair back. Color comes onto the screen like the frickin Wizard of Oz. And then Blue Meanie walks in behind him doing a Scott Hall impression.
2: No, he's doing a Blue Guy impression. Yeah. Say hello to the Blue Guy.
4: I like how he's like, fun and games, you're over. And then you get a painted-up, pasty, fat guy in a belly shirt walking in behind you doing a Scott Hall impression. Like, <laughs> like shut the F up, man. I always
2: said, parodies are funny, but man, this was <laughs> stupid.
4: I never got... I, I Like, I chuckled at the BWO at first, and then I was like, ah... Dumb. But whatever. Like I said, I was not an ECW guy, so whatever. But before the next match, Shane Douglas comes out with Francine and his personal security. He puts himself over and puts the crowd down. He talks about breaking Gary Wolf's neck. And they show Gary sitting at ringside and in a neck brace. And this one is Shane Douglas with Francine. He's defending the ECW World Television title against Pitbull number two, Anthony Durani. Uh, This one goes 20 minutes, 43 seconds. So Pitbull number two rushes in and jump starts this one. He works Douglas's neck a lot because of what happened to Pitbull number one. Douglas eventually turns the tables and hits pile driver after pile driver on Pitbull number two before doing submissions on his neck. When Shane is outside of the ring, Gary Wolf hops a rail and beats him up before Shane's security take him off to the back. To the back! To the back! Pitbull number two brings in a section of security railing uh, into the ring, but it backfires on him because, of course, uh, tables and chairs get involved in this one. Douglas blasts Pitbull number two with the belt a few times. He still makes a comeback, and Chris Candido gets involved. Finally, Douglas hits an over the head belly to belly suplex off the ropes and gets the win to retain the titles. Uh, Uncle Dave only gave this three quarters of a freaking star. I, I don't know, man. Like. Technically the match was like okay, but as a blood feud match, I gave it three stars. What say you? I gave it two. I thought it was fun and like I don't know. I liked it because of the story to the match. It was like there were he he broke the one pit bull's neck, the other pit bull worked his neck. And then they kept going back and forth.
2: Working and the they, neck
4: <laughs> Uh and I don't know. It just I, I liked it. I felt like uh, this is what this match should have been. Like, they actually hated each other. But after actually. the match... <laughs> after the match, the masked man comes out wearing Rick Rude's robe, because this was Rick Rude the whole time. And he makes out with Francine. Douglas attacks him and rips the mask off to reveal that it's actually Brian Lee! Swerve, bro! <laughs> uh, Shane... Shane turns, and Rick Rude is actually right behind him in the ring, uh, hits him, and Brian Lee chokeslams him as the crowd loses their mind. This was kind of cool. I I like this. But yeah, this was, uh, I think Bri- one of Brian Lee's last appearances, if not his last appearance in, uh... Oh,
2: this recently. was no Halloween fan- Phantom, so...
4: Yeah, right. Yeah, why is Rick Rude always showing up in a damn mask? <laughs> and it's all... and. And the joke is always we we absolutely know who it is, but he's still wearing a mask.
3: <laughs> yeah.
4: whatever. Uh, but up next, we go to Taz and Bill Alfonso backstage. Taz tells Sabu that he's going to bust him up and choke him out. He tells Sabu that he had better fear Taz. And that brings us to this. It is Taz with Bill Alfonso taking on Sabu. It was just shy of eighteen minutes. I get
2: that it's not for the title, but why was this the main event?
4: Why was this not the main event?
2: Yeah,
4: yeah. Uh, I think you answer you well because I mean the main event. You could have had the story. triple threat
2: and then, then this or and then the main event.
4: Just, yeah, you could have split it this up. This was
2: a huge true. thing,
4: right? And this wasn't the end of it, by the way. For people that don't know, I mean this this feud went on for a while, and we'll get to. No, it, this is the but, match that
2: finally happened.
4: Right. Uh, but Taz busts Sabu open with his bare hands, uh, pretty damn early on. Pretty sure Sabu's nose is broken, because he keeps he keeps freaking holding his nose throughout most of this match. Uh, these two beat the piss out of each other. This was the epitome of a grudge match, blood feud. Sabu actually gets Taz's katahajime on him, uh, and Taz suplexes out of ugly. it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he throws Sabu around a bit more before locking in the katahajime and winning with Sabu passing out. Uncle Dave gave this three and a quarter stars. I, yet again, gave this three stars. What say you? Three. This is the only ECW show I've ever given multiple three-star ratings to anything. So, there you go, man. We really
2: started hot with his favorite view and then declined after.
4: Yeah. Well, EMTs check on Sabu, and he hops up before chasing them off. Taz grabs a mic and tells Sabu he choked him out and he's not blowing smoke up Sabu's ass, but he took Taz to the limit. He tells Sabu that anytime he wants a rematch, he's got it. They shake hands and hug because brothers got a hug. And then they celebrate together before Rob Van Dam comes back out and uh, jumps Taz from behind. Sabu tells RVD off. And then when Taz is about to jump RVD. Sabu jumps Taz. Together, they beat Taz down, and Sabu dives on him to put him through a table outside of the ring. The, there's, a, there's a shock. Yeah, I know. And then Taz locks, or excuse me, Sabu locks Taz in the Katahajime yet again. For people that don't know, by the way, it's Taz' mission. Uh, but Bill Alfonso gets in the ring with RVD, and Sabu takes off his Team Taz gear and reveals a Sabu t-shirt He celebrates with Sabu and Rob Van Dam before telling Taz that he owns him and Taz cost him a lot of money tonight. RVD then grabs the mic and basically begs WWF or WCW to hire him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So. I don't know much about the future of this, other than the fact that uh, I know the weirdest part of this was. Uh, Bill Alfonso owned his colors of black and orange, so Taz started wearing like purple and red for a while. Stupid, yeah, that was the dumbest part of this whole thing. Everything else was cool, but you, how do you own colors? Not like a football team,
2: you remember that feud in WCW when they owned the letter T?
4: God, yeah, <laughs> dude, do you think this was the inspiration? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you so saw this it's right there. Yeah, Vince Russo was like, bro, they feuded over colors, bro. Let's feud over a letter. <laughs> it's a damn Sesame Street feud. <laughs> anyway, uh, since this, these last two matches are basically a combined main event, you want to take our second-to-last break here? Yeah. Yeah, so let's, uh, let's combine them, bro. But we'll take our second-to-last break here. When we come back, it's the final two matches, which are just basically one long main event almost. We'll get to that right after this.
0: Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector.
1: What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump podcast. Ugh, another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump is about the journey it's about nostalgia it's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan the podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world whether it's wwf wwe wcw ecw we even cover the golden eras of ring of honor progress tna and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day, Uh huh? Yeah? Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard.
4: Event Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. Joey Styles grabs a mic to introduce his guest color commentator for the following match, Tommy Dreamer. Dreamer comes out with Bula McGillicuddy, and the crowd chants for her before chanting, Show your tits, show your tits. What were you saying about Philadelphia earlier? Bro, they were right, bro. Bro, boom. You should whip bro. them out, bro. Yeah, bro, whip them out, bro. Bro, she's going to rip off for sure. It's going to be gone forever, bro. Why, why? Oh man! every single time we talk about Philadelphia, by the way, it's never in a positive manner.
2: Well, they give you the, uh, the ammo right there for it.
4: This is just a disgusting thing. It's like we're making city. it up. Yeah, I don't think we've yet reviewed that. Which Royal Rumble was it that uh, was in Philly where Roman Reigns, the uh, Roman, just got crapped on? Yeah, I want to say. Which one?
2: 2015.
4: Okay, yeah, we haven't reviewed that one yet. Uh, but man, that crowd was like, damn, they booed The Rock. <laughs> like, isn't this the same crowd that booed Santa Claus?
2: Yep. There's a couple there of go. funny videos after they after the Eagles lost the Super Bowl this year, of guys destroying their TVs. Mm. Man, dude, you guys are God. nuts out there.
4: Makes me not even want to go out this year. But <sighs> anyway, uh, this pay dance where the winner faces Raven for the ECW World Title. It is Stevie Richards. He's got Blue Meanie or the Blue Guy and Hollywood Nova in his corner, taking on the Sandman and Terry Funk. This goes 19 minutes and 10 seconds. I love the contrast, by the way, how BWO comes out first, goofy and dancing with her stupid song. The Sandman comes out to enter Sandman, my freaking Metallica. And gets everybody freaking out. And then Terry Funk comes out to the smooth sounds of Desperado by the Eagles. <laughs> like, could you have more contrast between these three? Like, good God. But either way... The Sandman disappears at one point mid-match and comes back from the backstage area carrying a ladder. This is a big, sloppy-ass brawl. When everyone is down, Stevie tunes up the band and hits a Stevie kick on Sandman for a near-fall and then hits one on Funk for another near-fall. I like that, by the way. Yeah, tune tune up the band in the corner and hit a super kick to remind everybody that the bigger stars are on the other channel. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
2: it's been happening for years, dude.
4: Yep. <laughs> But Sandman ends up disappearing again and Dude, later... Dude, this whole
2: gimmick of theirs is reminding that the stars are in the channel. So.
3: Yeah.
4: <laughs> it's just like like Joey Styles would take pot shots at Nitro or whatever. It's like, all that would have made me do is go, oh yeah, I gotta tune back into Nitro. Anyway. But uh, Sandman disappears again for a while and, and uh, when he comes back out, he's got a trash can this time. Good metaphor. Yeah,
2: that's, uh, that's, a, that's that word, a metaphor.
4: Yeah, right. uh, Stevie gets pinned after taking a double power bomb from both Funk and Sandman. In the, I like how Stevie freaking Richards—they couldn't keep him down until both of them double teamed him. <laughs> okay, but unstoppable
2: uh, Stevie Richards,
4: of course. But in the end, Sandman gets wrapped in barbed wire. Funk puts a oh, trash of can. Of course, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Funk puts a trash can over Sandman's head. Uh, Stevie comes back out to super kick Sandman, and then Funk hits a moonsault on him, ugliest damn moonsault I ever did see for the pin, and he wins. Uh, okay, I'm just gonna ask. I'm gonna ask this again. What score do you think Uncle Dave gave this? Four. Wow, you're two for two. Four stars. Because the,
2: the way you asked them, like, you had to give it a great score, and I don't think he are gonna give it a five. So.
4: No, yeah, but four effing stars, for God's sake, I gave it two and a half. I thought it was okay. let's say you.
2: I barely gave it two.
4: yeah, Samman sucks, uh funk was okay in this match richards uh, Richards actually did some wrestling moves, so good for I him I think
2: Richards carried this match, if you ask me, but
4: I know it's, it, it's the weirdest, damn thing we will say on this podcast is this match was carried by Stevie F. and Richards. <laughs> Even though he was getting his <laughs> kicked in through half of it, but still, <laughs> look, he knew, uh, he understood the assignment. Okay, he knew why he was there.
2: If the old man look really good.
4: <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, look, you were out there to take the pin. All right, but Raven gives zero time for Funk to breathe. He's instantly out there when the I final bell. Hits.
2: I thought that was brilliant. Why wouldn't you? Right. Why, why the hell would you give your opponent time to breathe? Yeah, I was, I was right. glad they did that.
4: Well, to anybody that doesn't remember, uh, Raven's theme was uh, uh, come out and play by The Offspring. And if anybody knows, like, the intro to that, it's kind of a kind of a long, drawn out intro, whatever. Freaking uh, Raven was out there before the actual song kicks into them, say, uh, you got to keep them separated. Like, before they even say that, he's like, action is started. (laughs) So zero time. Uh, But he blasts Terry Funk in the face of the ECW title to start with. And I will say, I love the way this match played out. As a match, it wasn't fantastic, but I love the way it played out. But it is Raven versus Terry Funk for the ECW World Heavyweight title. 7 minutes, 20 seconds. Funk is a bloody mess, and Raven is taking his time with him. Raven lays Funk on a table outside and dives out on top of him, and I think he landed on his damn head. Uh, The doctors try to check on Funk, and Raven knocks him out because... Reasons, or well, I guess I I gotta say because
3: me right. <laughs> uh,
4: a group of people dressed like Raven come out with a, and they have a big woman with them named Reggie Bennett. You know who the hell this is? Nope. Oh. Freaking, she looks like. Uh, do you remember Mickey Knuckles? No. Anybody? Okay, she she was Moose Knuckle there for a while. Like, yeah, okay, her I remember. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah, that's Mickey Knuckles. Um, anybody, if you want to Google, I have no idea who the hell Reggie Bennett is, but freaking Styles is putting it over like freaking Macho Man just popped up. <laughs> <laughs> like my God, Reggie Bennett is out here with for Raven, uh, and then she hits Terry Funk with a chair and power bombs him, and he keeps Reggie Bennett.
2: I was getting flashbacks to when Deanna Peraza showed up in Impact after she got fired from Davey
4: oh my god yeah
2: at least,
4: yeah. I, I get that point That's, you're, you're not wrong but at least they did something with her and they made her into a star for, for their standards anyway but as far, I've never heard of Reggie Bennett before or after this and she's very indescript like she just looks like she should be on the back of a Harley <laughs> no disrespect to her I just don't know who the hell she is but she hits Funk with a chair and power bombs. And meanwhile, Styles losing his mind like, oh, my God, he, Reggie Bennett is here. Reggie Bennett hit Terry Funk. Reggie Bennett powerbomb Terry Funk. It's like, OK, <laughs> and right. But Raven then grabs a mic and tells Tommy Dreamer that he's going to end Funk's career right in front of Dreamer, who then stands up and is about to go after Raven. But Big Dick Dudley. Blasts Hell the yeah. Can. Uh, Joey Styles made a point to let us know that he's back from prison. <laughs> so that's a thing. Uh, Raven hits the even flow on the on the referee now uh, because
2: me, right? The referee looked at him wrong.
4: <laughs> I guess so. And Big Dick goes to choke slam Dreamer. Tommy kicks him in big the Big Dick's going to
2: choke something, huh? OK.
4: <laughs> Tommy Dreamer kicks Big Dick in his big dick. Uh, and throws Dudley off the commentary stage, because for people that don't know, they're on this giant platform, and he throws him through like three or four tables that are stacked up. And Dreamer then starts laying out the members of Raven's Nest before coming into the ring to brawl with Raven. Dreamer hits a DBT on Raven, and Terry Funk covers him for the two count, but the timekeeper rings the bell, completely just on the end of this match. I'm watching opinion.
2: this, I'm like, what the hell just happened?
4: yeah. Like, this put such a damper on the real finish, because the real finish happens like two seconds later. They get up, start brawling around. Funk hits the small package, pins him for real this time, and then they ring the bell. He wins. Uncle Dave gave it three and a quarter stars. Like, god dang, dude. Wow. I I gave it two. It it wasn't much to this match. It was a bunch of gobbledygook. Like like I said, I liked the way it was set up. I, I wouldn't have changed it, but it wasn't a good match. What say you?
2: I gave it two as well. I started thinking, why can't this just be a fatal four-way? Wouldn't that make some more sense?
4: Yeah, right. I, whatever. But a sweaty and bloody Terry Funk joins Tommy Dreamer in the crowd with the ECW title to celebrate. Uncle Dave says that 53-year-old Terry Funk stole the show with a great performance and history-making title win. He also says that the show wasn't perfect, but it has to be considered a major success by ECW. It's believed that the show was probably a money loser financially due to it not being carried by one of the two major carriers, as well as other smaller carriers. Paul Heyman was telling people before the show that it probably wouldn't make any money, and the goal was to put on the best show possible and hope that the other carriers would get on board for the second pay-per-view in the future. Uh, And I think they did. But Joey Styles handled almost the entire show on commentary by himself and was pretty much great the whole time getting over all the major key points all of the wrestlers for the first time viewers and even managed to help explain all the Japanese wrestlers better than anyone else does when foreigners show up in the WWF or WCW is he including Mike Taney in there because Mike Taney like runs down their whole damn resume
2: next room wasn't a thing yet so
4: now okay well either way uh, that does it for that show I think we're going to take our final break when we come back going to hit our final ratings and tell you what's coming up next week on the podcast.
0: Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector.
1: Hey gang, it's commissioner Cooper of TSS fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people expert fantasy advice, free contests leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around, TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday Drop-In, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Muddy 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the BellyUp Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports.
4: Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash marks. And we're back. We're uh, going to run through this here real quick. Final ratings time. Internet Movie Database gave this an 8 out of 10. CageMash.net gave it 8.48 out of 10. I gave it an 8 out of 10. What say you? I gave
2: it a C+. Plus. Pretty good for ECW pay-per-view.
4: Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, especially for an ECW pay-per-view. But yeah, that uh, I actually had fun watching this one, which I can't say for a lot of ECW shows, so there's that. But Yeah, it does it for ECW barely legal, man. Uh, next <laughs> week is double main event week. Uh, we're going to bring you two WCW shows from very different eras. The first one on April 19th. <laughs> it is exactly. WC- yeah, that's for sure. The first one is WCW Spring Stampede 1998. That drops next Wednesday, April 19th, and then the bonus show next Friday on the 21st. It is WCW Thunder from uh, April 26th, 2000, and it's David Arquette winning the WCW World Heavyweight Title. Who? <laughs> that is a thing this happens yep so looking at my calendar here uh okay I'm, tr- I'm trying to figure out when, <laughs> when uh okay Easter was on the 9th okay so we already passed that up so this is well past uh, uh we, we're not giving we're not giving Jesus more crap in our podcast <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that already happened we covered lockdown 2005 pre uh pre Easter and this is right after Easter so it, Easter was sandwiched by uh, two good shows in my opinion But that does it for us this week. We ran a little long, but hey, it was an actual good one. And we had uh, quite a bit of news to cover. But thank you for joining me today, Greg. Mm -hmm. We'll see you next week when we hit you with double the WCW for the bonus show week. It's Spring Stampede 98 and Thunder from April 26, 2000.